Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, that was another one of my... But that one, too, I wrote down, namely because it was mainly the Bee Gees. They had some other stuff, but uh, yeah. I would also say... And a lot of disco songs on I would say, yes. I wrote here like for like just my notes, uh, I would say perhaps maybe the greatest song introduction in film history... Like when start when like uh, staying alive starts rolling, you start seeing his like feet like strutting down the street. That's what everybody thinks of when you think of staying alive. When that song yes. plays, you yeah. walk to that beat, and that's why in my head I just think of Travolta. If there's a, there's a really good documentary out there, if you get a chance, it's on. Uh, I think it's on HBO, or, and it's about the story of the Bee Gees. If you get a chance, check it out. Amazing story. Like I never knew about their whole career and their whole life and all the struggles that oh. tied around tied around them, but also tied around them breaking them from like that disco image and stuff like that. The poor family. So then we got one left. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, they were a big inspiration to a lot of people out there. Actually, Barry Gibbs' new solo album has like a shitload of fucking people on it, like country stars too, that were just a huge influence. And even if it doesn't outwardly say, I mean, they've been playing their songs recently, but like Dave Grohl, drummer for Nirvana's. Yeah. Influenced so much by the Bee Gees, like they're going in and doing songs that are now live in concert. That's yeah. awesome. And I mean, they, <laughs> they had such great harmonization. And here's another thing too. I I, I kind of was disappointed about this week from people is that um, another group that was a duo that had, was a humongous. And I you may know about this, John. You may not know. And so Charlie Watts, who we mentioned, passed away this week. Somebody else passed away a few days ago. He was humongous. Influence to the Beatles, humongous influence to Simon and Garfunkel, and that was the Everly Brothers. Yeah, Don Everly. Don Everly passed away this past um, week, yeah. and like, it's kind of sad that he's he was 83, 84, and like his popularity, you know, isn't one of these things. But if some people get a chance, if you love anything about harmony and music. Check out the Everly Brothers, man. They were a huge influence. All I have to do is dream, wake up a little Susie, like yes. so many things like that, yeah. And so, and what's here's another thing I mentioned. I'll be quick about it, and I can edit this out just so you know it. I mentioned it in my new podcast. Is that Don Everly's daughter is the inspiration for Sweet Child of Mine? Aaron, oh, Aaron Everly, wow. yeah. I did not know that. Yes, basically, Aaron was the reason why Axel was able to eat and live <laughs> before. <laughs> Guns N' Roses broke. She was basically the income that was he was getting was from her. Whoa, I did not know yes. that. Yeah. So, sweet child of mine. Jeez. But but no, I just I wanted to mention that in this podcast is that you know we kind of over like, nothing against Charlie Watts. I love Charlie Watts and no. his influence, but Don Everly was this huge other influence to the Beatles for God's sakes, you know. <laughs> so so we talked about Days and Confused. Here's another one we didn't mention: Bodyguard. Yeah, classic. humongous yeah. freaking soundtrack. Whitney Houston. A Star is Born, both the newer version and the older version. I believe Bodyguard is the highest selling soundtrack of all time. I think it still is, yeah. Uh, maybe Titanic. Yeah, I think Titanic. Maybe. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be still a like, Yes, Bodyguard. Yeah. If I had it off the head. Um, Star is Born, both the new version and the older version. Obviously, Barbara Streisand was the older version, newer version, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper. Um, I also forgot Christopher Stevenson with Barbara Streisand. Here's other couple other ones: Shaft and Superfly, couple big influential albums yeah. that were from like the '70s. Because what else you got? This is my number one. Like it's going to tie in the Shaft once you kind of hear who's Shaft. all in this movie. Don't get uh, salty balls from South Park. Yes. No, but uh, I I don't I don't know if it's on your list or even yours, but like Blues Brothers. Yes. 
Jason like listen to like someone. like who's in the movie alone is like Ray yes. Charles, Aretha Franklin, Cab Calloway, James Brown, and then most importantly like the guys backing the band were all from the Stack Session players. Yes. Donald Duck Dunn, Steve Colonel Cropper, who uh, were in Booker T and the MGs, Green Onions. Oh, you know, come Green on. Onions is like the most iconic instrumental. We'll play it for you after this. Okay. Uh, and then the drummer Willie Hall, who drummed on the Shaft soundtrack. Yeah. Forget about Rawhide. Rawhide, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, because like we're recording this in the city of Rock Island, like that was where the original backstory for the band came from. Then they eventually changed it into Chicago. Like this whole entire movie True. would not wouldn't have happened. I do remember Without that. the present day, with that present day mayor when they made that Jane Byrne, who kind of like reopened Chicago to be in like a filming mecca. This was like one of the first films to go back after that. They actually, I think it's an inside joke based on the way it's worded in the movie. Yeah. Like the Richard Daly, who is Richard Daly, the father, not Richard Daly, who was the mayor of Chicago for like 20 years recently. They have the joke is, does Mayor Daly dine here anymore? No, sir, he's dead. <laughs> so that, that could very well be just like a jab at the, because Richard Daly didn't want any film filming in Chicago, which yeah. is like, huh. Chicago is like one of the most beautiful cities in the yeah. world for filming. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I mentioned the Rawhide at Bob's Country Bunker. Uh, Jailhouse Rock at the end. There's yes. a really famous musician in that scene. You may know who it is. You probably don't. Joe Walsh. Oh, yeah. He's That's right. That, yeah. Man, part of the house man, right? Yeah. No, he's yeah. just, here's one of the prisoners. He just oh, jumps really? Up. Yeah, okay. jumps up. But uh, there's like my standout tracks, like John Lee Hooker, Boom Boom. Yeah. Like, they play that when they go in to meet, like, Aretha Franklin. Uh, Aretha Franklin doing Respect. And yeah. she did that live. She didn't even, like, sing to a track. So, like, it took them so many takes to get it done, doing any backing. Like, that was her oh, actually yeah. singing. Shake a Tail Feather, Ray, Ray Charles. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. The whole benefit when they do uh, Many of the Moocher, Everyone Needs Someone to Love, Sweet Home Chicago, it's all just kind of... Yeah. yeah. Like I said, like it's just one of those ones that's like it came out like the early eighties, like when you should have been hearing like hard rock, all this, but like it's still set. Even though it's in the seventies, it's set twenty years before that because it's Well let's go down another thing that I didn't even think about, JT bring up Blues Brothers. The Saturday Lum I had a lot of good like obviously we talked about the Ghostbusters, but I mean, Caddyshack, yeah. there's some Saturday Live alumni from that, you know. I'm all right. Kenny, yeah, Kenny Loggins. Journey, anyway yeah. you want. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, it's you know, crazy. crazy to think about, you know, and go back and, and deal with that. Here's some other people that we can mention, famous directors that have great music in their um, in their, in their movies. Oh, Spike right. Lee has so much great music in his movies. Sofia Coppola, another one. Yeah, Lost in Translation. I've never seen that, but, like, it gets constantly ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a soundtrack from like the 90s of a soundtrack that mixed um, rock and hip hop that was huge Judgment Night I don't know if you guys have ever mm-hmm. seen that no check it out man Judgment Night you're going to see Pearl Jam on there you're going to see um, uh, Cypress Hill like everybody's mixing up and like the, the, the artists from the 90s the rock artists and the hip artists did songs together on that soundtrack Train Spotting yeah. Brit Pop one yeah like yeah. Blur uh, Lou Reed was in there Dirty Dancing was a humongous freaking soundtrack. Which is another one of those ones, like the 80s look back at the 50s and 60s, because they had Mm -hmm. all that old music. You mentioned the Beatles earlier, Magical Mystery Tour, uh, obviously was a huge one, but here's one that broke a duo even huger, and that was The Graduate. Simon and Garfunkel. That was another one where I could have added, but like, it was basically a Simon and Garfunkel album to a movie, where it's like, I'm trying to like view all the bands. It's, it's like I said, it's so hard to be yeah, like, it's yeah. tough. It's Rock like, and Roll High School. Another one, the Ramones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another one I read, uh, I think we're missing an obvious one. was like Repo Man was one I was hearing a lot of yep. this, like punk sound of the 80s. Top Gun. 
that's huge. Yes. Yeah, that was that's... a humongous freaking soundtrack. Kenny Loggins yeah, again, Kenny Loggins. you know, but just Berlin, take my breath away. I mean, Belly was another huge one. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of hip hop for that one. Easy Rider. Another one, yeah. I mean, Born to be Wild. I got Grease. Holy about that? cow! That was yeah. another one, yeah. That's like, got oh the biggest gosh. films of that era. Yeah. I, I grew up watching that a lot. It's one of my mom's favorite ones, so yeah. unfortunately I do hear that a lot. You believe very good wrote the music to the Grease with um, Frankie Avalon. Yeah. yeah. Here's some famous scenes from uh, music for movies that I, I thought about too. Like, the Goodfellas uh, had the Clapton Layla with the dead bodies in the, in the trunk. Yep. That, that piano part. I mean, yeah, that still sticks into my head to this day. Yeah, the coda of the song. Because well, the rock portion of the song is only like two or three minutes long. It's like a five-minute coda, piano It's awesome, coda. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Just a great freaking uh, soundtrack to that movie, too. Oh, Brother Thou Art Thou. Yeah, yeah. Thou, yeah, that. Yeah, see, that's the thing. A lot of these, I can tell you like specifically one or two songs from the soundtrack. I don't know if I know like the entire soundtrack. Like now that we're getting into the... The kind of the weeds on some of these, but like Armageddon. That was uh, Aerosmith's only number one song, and they didn't write it. Yeah, they have a lot of songs on that soundtrack, yeah. which is, is I don't know, if, I don't believe I've heard it front to back. Mm -hmm. I mean, that song is. They just signed a humongous deal this week with UMG Universal Music Group for like a shitload of money because they're coming out with they're gonna do something for the 50th anniversary. 50 years. They're the only American rock band that has been the complete rock band. And have lasted that long and still are making and performing music. I will say, I like, Joe it's... Perry and, like, everyone except for Steven Tyler's left. I think even Steven Tyler left for a little bit. Like, every member's yes. been out of the group for some time. Well, they kicked Joey, yeah, they they kicked, they kicked Joey Kramer out for a while, too. But it's like anybody, like, wow, we're a lot stronger when we're, like, you can say the original lineup, you know? True. I mean, but, I mean, ZZ Top was that way up until yes. recently. They yeah. were, like, the one band that didn't really have any and lineup just, changes in yeah, America. Recently died, too. And here's, uh, I'll wrap it up here with one I got, and then we can go on what you guys have is, here's one that was a really big deal, too, because um, Trent Reznor did a lot of music, and he did a lot of soundtracks and stuff, too. I was going to mention him. He did a shitload of soundtracks. A friend of mine told me about The Social Network, even though I've never really listened much to the... It's great. That movie. music to that movie wouldn't be... That, that movie mm. would not be the same without that music. Because you were, you were talking about Reznor, but it was like Atticus Ross, who was mm -hmm. his collaborator on that, but... The Crow. Yeah. The Crow soundtrack was huge. And that was a, like a lot of darker music, which was, you know, kind of like the transition. You don't understand, like, we were going into like this grunge rock era, and then we started a lot of these darker artists. So, like, Trent had this power from making um, um, The Downward Spiral, and was just starting to go into soundtracks, and just, he started branching out. And so, to me, like, The Crow is definitely one of these, like, wow. When I hear it, it's like, it, I can, that time, I mean, but... That movie was a comic book movie too, which people don't realize it was based on a comic. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And wasn't, um, wasn't didn't I, wasn't he like accidentally shot? Yeah, they Isn't thought they were shooting blanks, blanks and it yes. fired us. Yeah, in the movie he died during the making. That's so wild. That's why that movie was so huge too. But they think it's because of that curse. Like, have you ever seen um the Bruce Lee story? Ah. Yeah, watch the Bruce Lee story and talks about how the family supposedly has this curse. Oh wow! And so like it passed on from generation to generation. So yeah, it's crazy, right. dude. Yeah. So what else do you got, JT? That was what I did. I think I've named everything. I mean, we've had a lot of convergence on it, so yeah. it's kind of like. And I guess I, I have a few that are uh, more scores. I I'd say, uh -huh. but like straight out of Compton. Movie. Okay. It's kind of more. I don't know if you'd say for it. Uh, Terminator 2. Wow. Sweet. Uh, I grew up with these films, so, like, for me... I, it's one of my favorite Guns N' Roses songs, i got to be honest. I would maybe... Yeah? Yeah. I would maybe say one that's 
not so much a soundtrack as versus it's just funny. an act as it's just an entire musical but like Wizard of Oz you know? yes that's, true yeah I mean that's just another one I mean especially when you put it on with Dark Side of the Moon you've done that before a couple times you did it recently in the last year I did do it, I tried to do it once or twice a year it's kind of fun yeah. just like what, good way to waste a Friday night or a Saturday night smoking like a doobie yeah, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> have a couple beers yeah. just sit back on the couch IPAs, yeah. Yeah. no I just I think um, you're, you're missing your favorite What's that? Star Wars. Yeah. It's the most John iconic yeah, thing so ever. I, I try to mix it up a little bit and try no, to go all over the place and stuff. We're going to talk about a few other things and, and then wrap it up here. Is uh, This is something I wanted to bring up in the conversation I was telling you about before we got started here today. Is there's been some stuff in the news this week. I, that was one of it was the 50th anniversary of Aerosmith, which I was blown away by their huge deal. And they're going to be doing like um, reissues of um, their albums along with outtakes and songs that didn't make it to the album because they're going to go into the vault now and we're going to be releasing some of that stuff. Here's something I'm not sure if both of you are aware of that happened this week that is open. It's an open up a can of worms to like a lot of things that are kind of being dealt with like right now with just the way we're handling things now. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on it. There's a lot of people that are pissed off about it and I want your thoughts on it. So this week, the kid that is on the cover of Nevermind album is suing the band members, the Kurt Cobain estate, and suing... Um, Obviously, the record company and uh, the person that took the picture and everything. And he's saying it's sexual exploitation. Some people think he just wants a paycheck. So I want to know what your thoughts. Do you think it's sexual exploitation, sexual exploitation, or do you think it's a paycheck? Paycheck all paycheck. the way. Because yeah. if you've noticed over the years, like at the 10 year, at the 50, every five, 10 years, he recreates the photo. Like he even offered to do it naked yes. on the last one. It's like, I think you can gain wisdom in your years and be like, okay, that wasn't the right thing, but it's like, who's to say if that album didn't sell 10 million records or whatever it did? It could have been just some bargain basement grunge band CD find in the bin at, at like the did, disc replay. It's like, what if that album had just been mildly... I, I, I do think it's... Did he get paid? His parents got paid from like no, five he or five hundred royalties. It said in the article I read. But NPR. You, but usually right. with the, the way that would work, though, would be like... Hey, Reese, I'm going to shoot your picture for an album. Flat check. Yeah, I'll give you $500,000. That's usually what happens. Unless you know, like, I'm such a big band, and, like, I'm... Yeah. It'd be like Andy Leibovitz shooting my record cover. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to cut you in on, like, a dollar out of every album sold. Like, Andy Leibovitz, obviously... Like, an iconic photographer. Iconic photographer. Or, speaking of iconic photographers, I want to not forget about this. On either Apple Music or Netflix, there's a thing on PBS right now called Icon Photography, and it talks about... All the photographers for album covers and the ones that did the like all the promotional shit for like all the um, bands from like the beginning of rock and roll to now. Highly recommend it. It's a. It, I've only watched the first episode and it was amazing. But I'll also say to that end, like, what does he expect to get out of it? Like, that's such an ingrained album cover now in life. Yeah, like, it's a top ten like, album cover of all time. It's like you can't get rid of it. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's, what do you do? Like. Okay, so it won't be on any future releases, but... We gotta realize that that happened at that time. Yeah. Like, did he get paid for it at that time? His parents okay. did. So if his yeah, parents got $500 and they didn't they didn't invest it right or whatever they should have, well, then... No, it's on your parents, dude. Yeah, it, 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 nobody knew it was And the fact, like, yeah, how okay, okay, at 25, you're a different person you were at such and such age. It could have been their worst album at that point. Like you said, in a dustbin, but it happened to be their biggest. You know, it's like I mean? yeah, it's like what do you do? Yeah, I just it's unfortunate. I'm I'm wondering how much more of this we're going to see pushing the envelope on culture. So and, did they say it was 
child pornography? Was that the he idea? He said sexual exploitation. Okay. Exploiting him and his sexuality, him showing his genitals and everything. Now, what I was told is he only wanted a couple million for it or something. He wants like 150 I think, from each person. That's how he broke it down. It adds up to like a couple million or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I don't remember the whole... But, well, I don't want to misquote Yeah, it, so. no, I hear But you. no, he broke it down to see he wants this much from each person, and I'm sure it adds up to quite a bit. What are they going to do? Put a sticker now on that cover? Well, okay, we can do that. But, yeah. you know, I mean, at what point, though? I mean, there's a lot of album covers that are, that are oh, controversial. I can go on and on. There was a um, either a Cream or it was a, it was one of those kinds of bands that had a girl that was naked on the cover of it. And I remember when we got the album one day, somebody was like, we're really putting this out on the floor. Like, it's from, like, the 70s, but we're really putting that out on the floor. And I'm like, we can put a sticker over it if we have to or whatever, you know. And, I mean, I, I yeah. made a comment, like, the house is the holy. I like... Tell yeah. the kid, t- hope you don't find those kids are in the House of the Holy album, because... At I what agree. point do you, you know, we have to, like, we're going to tear down all of our icons, you know, because we're going to find something wrong with them. You know, nobody learns from their mistakes, nobody, you know, we don't change as time comes. I mean, at what point is that going to affect our art, is what I'm getting at. Well I, well, I agree, it's like, that time, like you're saying with the Houses of the Holy album, like, Society was totally different, way more accepting of that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, maybe it's not now. Okay, well, learn to live with it. I don't know what to tell you. You know what yes. I mean? You got to move on. But it's history. It's like you can't. It's no, can't show any. Of that. It's like yeah. it's gonna show up. You have to see it. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And I mean, what do we do now? You know, I mean, anybody that did anything bad, like any, like what's his name that killed his wife, the famous producer, like do we get rid of everything he ever made? You yeah. know, I mean. R. Kelly, you know, we get everything, we get rid of everything he yeah. made. We get, you know, I mean, at what point do we just not have anything out there anymore because we have to pull it away because... Or separate the artist from the art. Yes, exactly. You know, I mean, like, I, you know, everybody says, you know, hey, I found this funny. I don't find it funny anymore because of this person. I mean, I understand I want to stick up for rights and for, you know, for people, and you know, when something's wrong. But at what point, at what cost is that going to affect our art? And uh, something just wanted to dive down to a little bit. It's just, we're getting to this point now. We're going to start, you know, I'd love to know what Dave thinks about this. I really would like to know what Dave real thinks about it. And I'm sure he doesn't even, I mean, his lawyers probably know about it. Yeah, he he probably doesn't want want to talk about it. They're going to take every word he says. Yep. That's what I'm getting at. Like, mm-hmm. They're going to take every word he says and misconstrue it and, you know, take snippets of it. Oh, so you like child pornography, do you, Dave? You know, it's like, Come people, yeah, yeah, stop. So I'm just kind of curious at what point is this not, like, wow, when this came out across the news. But then, like, what about, what, we're 30 years now? But what about five years later, all of a sudden he wants to do it again? It's like, it's like the fact is he's already photographed himself doing it. Have you guys it. watched Woodstock 94 yet? Uh, no. Yeah. It's, it's on, on HBO? It's HBO. Yeah, I've seen it. I haven't watched it's, it. It's... It's hard. Sorry, not ninety four. Woodstock yeah, yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. You want to watch an uncomfortable documentary? Watch that. I watched it and I like halfway was kind of cringing because, like, there's a lot of stuff in there like I was unaware about that made me think, what the hell was going on? Who ran that shit show? They were. When you watch it, the promo. I will never go to another Woodstock reunion. I can tell you that if that guy's backing it up. Really? Some of the things he said and some of the stuff he brought out, I was kind of like. I can understand where he could blame certain people, blame certain people, but there were some certain things, like he said about women. He was kind of like saying that they're almost asking for like everything that happened. See, yeah, that's oh. yeah, and like without putting it in too many words, and I was like, "Whoa, dude!" I was like, yeah. "You, you just crossed the line," you know. Mm-hmm. So that that made me uncomfortable watching it. But then I was like, by the end of it, I'm like, "What a shit show, man!" Like they just let it get way out of hand, and it just got chaotic. But it was definitely the reason I bring it up because how old were you in Woodstock '99? 
Uh, that was the summer I was getting ready to turn 18. So I was like 17 going yeah. on 18. So that's kind of like going into my could you senior see, year of high school. Could you see the transition in people as far as like the angst? Like as they were like... With the music. In general, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, like the Limp Bizkit. Yeah, Limp Bizkit. Horn, the new metal. Horn. So like I, I knew, I felt it because obviously I was working at the record store at that time when all that was going on. I mean, yeah, like... I, this, didn't, I thought it was good music though too, some of it, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I was a big Corn fan. I thought they were pretty, you know, good. And they're speaking of a guy who saw Limp Bizkit a couple weeks ago, but uh, <laughs> it's just... They've, re- they've grown older. I think they've just kind of realized, okay, we're in on the joke. We are. But like back then when they were, they were taking yeah. themselves so seriously, it's kind of like... Well, Durst has obviously established himself as a director now. It, yeah, it just would have been like a real dangerous time to see them. I don't know if I would have been able to handle that kind of... But the one I wish I would have went to would have been the 94. Because this lineup, I watched because of that documentary, I watched the actual documentary was like 94. The lineup for that was uh, Blues Traveler, Cheryl Crow, Violent Femme, Cypress Hill, Green Day, Primus, three bands that I know two of them you like that are not popular anymore, Candlebox and Collective Soul. Yeah, Candlebox. They're not as huge as they were at that point. And Collective Soul played 99 as well. Like they. Um, Jackal, um, Salt and Peppa, Aerosmith, Live played both at the 94 and the 99. Joe Cocker, who's no longer with us, Cranberries, lead singer, is no longer with us. Blind Melon, lead singer, is not longer with us. But still touring is Blind Melon under D, with yeah. different singer. But like STP, same thing, like where they have another... Rollins Band and then CSN um, was the only one that returned from the first one to that one. Um, but that brought me up a, a thing, like with a, with a pandemic going on now and everything, like with festivals, they had this the issue with, you know, a lot of people, you made the news, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, they were, because every day they count the daily attendance and they put it all together. So, I mean, they said that like 360,000 people went because like, there's like 90,000 each day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They Do said out of that. guidelines for getting people in and out were... I think they were adequate. I mean, because they, they said at least they... For people who at least voluntarily tested or had a test, they reported only something like 500 cases out of that 96, average of 96,000 people a day. I mean, so what I'm, do you think about? I guess my question, important topic is for you is, what do you think about the um, now some of the mandates some of the places are um, having for you to go? Um, have to go see a show. I'm fully for it. Like I, mm-hmm. and maybe whoever's listening doesn't agree. And even just take a touring band like the Foo Fighters. You have six guys in the band, five six guys in the band. Yeah. They have guitar techs. They have the road crew bringing their stuff onto the stage. They have the bus drivers. They have the people taking the stages up and down at the venue who don't work for the Foo Fighters or a local yeah. crew. Everyone there has families to go home to. It's like yes. you may not think you're getting somebody sick, but if you get that one random crew member sick, he can get thirty other people sick. Dave Grohl and them, they're testing probably daily. Like, mm-hmm. we saw Racky, as soon as they got done playing, they put their mask yeah, back on. Yeah. Like, they were there to perform. Like, you know, when the fighters get off, they're probably masking up, doing their thing. Yeah. Like, I just think it's unfortunate because it yeah. shouldn't have been a politicized issue no. to start with. It's yeah. a medical and then, decision on yeah. top of it's a, if it's a health crisis. You, you yeah. get to choose what you want for your show. Eventually, it's going to end. It has to end. You can't yeah, it'll pump it up be, forever. So. No. They want to protect them. Yeah, it'll, it'll. What's going to happen? And this happens ninety nine times out of a hundred. Is show gets canceled. We all planned. Like Pearl Jam's coming to town. That's why Pearl Jam hasn't announced okay. anything because they think they're yeah. smart. But like, you know, they're getting a lot of shit from some of their fans. But you know what? I think they're doing the smart thing. Yeah, but yeah, we're yeah, waiting. But, we're going to wait. Yeah, but watch this. We can afford to wait. We can do all our side shit. Well, just, but just say like we were, had tickets. I said okay, we're going to cancel. Like okay, that shit. Like we mm-hmm. we understand. The people who aren't vaccinated would be the first ones to be on the website saying this is fucking bullshit, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, the loudest ones complaining are the ones that aren't 
yeah. kind of doing their steps. I just, it's sad though, man, that that we're going to be tearing it probably back down again. Like you're not going to see many like, shows. Yeah, like when we're recording this, at yeah. least where we pleasantly are yeah. located, we have to go back to being wearing masks on Monday. Yes. Yeah. Like all of us have, have have had to wear masks at work at probably one point or another. It's yeah. like nothing's more thrilling than me walking out that door the other day and taking it off. But yeah. when I'm working, I it have to wear it. It's like, what it is. Like yeah. nobody loves to wear masks. Like I, talk I, talk to your doctor who's operating on your heart. He probably doesn't want to have to wear a mask for eight hours while standing over you, but he does it because it keeps you safe, keeps him safe. But the biggest problem is that it always comes back to this. There's no transparency, and that's what gets people the most riled up. Yeah. Is when does it end? Yeah. I just want to know, okay, yeah. is it going to... And people don't want to just be the, the carrot dangling out in front of them. I yeah. think that's what's caused all this ruckus between, yeah. oh, you're vaccinated just, and you're not... No, you're married. We should have just had guidelines and said, this is what we're going to do, and yeah. we're not going to go back to it until it's we're fully comfortable. Yeah, set yeah. something. Say, hey, once it gets below this bar... We're gonna start set, setting shows or whatever yeah, we have. Yeah, to I know, but we were, that gives people hope. We were, I know, but we were below that bar, and then people just started getting careless. That's the yeah. thing. It's like it's. Oh, I mean, it's what it, it, it'll eventually be more manageable, like a flu, like where. They can't. Sure. But like right now, everyone has to kind of get a little more immunity, and like it's like yeah, like right now, like yeah, getting the flu shot doesn't mean you're not gonna get the flu. It just means you might have a headache, and that's ultimately what. And it's just like any politician thing. Like, you never get the yeah. straight answer. It's like you're gonna have you're gonna <laughs> have a chi- you're gonna have a child soon. You're gladly gonna go get whatever shots are needed. Like oh, the di- it's probably be forced. Yeah. You know what I mean, it'll probably be a thing coming up yeah. soon. But, but, it'll but be I mean, like any other. But I mean, like the, But I mean, like the yeah, but like the typical shots, like rubella, polio, things like people like our parents' age know. Well, more John and I's parents' age would know. Like people who actually had polio, like who were stricken with it. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't uh-huh. go swimming. You couldn't do anything like that. And yeah. then they came up with the vaccine and like people were lined up they would give it to you in school they would come in give it to your kids in the i just say the biggest thing with it is people need to understand both sides yes as with anything yes instead of my side's right why do these people the only thing i want i guess people to realize is that at what point are we to get past what's fake and what's real and really like try to take care of shit that's what i want you know i want people to bridge that gap it's like Okay, you're gonna basically let the fall of civilization because we don't believe any of it, because that's what could happen is if we don't start to try and agree on some things. Yeah, you can't. You it can't. goes way deeper than yeah. COVID too, but yeah. you know. Oh, what are you going on about that? I just, you know, it's no, affecting music. Is it what is. I'm getting at. And that's, that's, that's what it like, me. Is that I, I hate that it's affecting shows. music. And yeah. it affects exactly. bars. We got to see the show last week. Let's talk about that. Yeah, we'll wrap yeah. it up with that. We got to see this band last week that JT, thank God, let me know that we're in town. Because I, I think I might have saw something, but I was like, whatever, you know, I wasn't like thinking about it too clearly. And it's like, you know, like I was promoting that about Radkey. And Radkey's opening up for Foo Fighters on their tour for the majority of their tour. They actually did the LA Forum this week. I don't know yeah. if you saw that, which was huge for them. And we got to see them here locally. And like they were like feet away from us. Yeah, like, and they played Lollapalooza earlier this month. And it was funny because I was there last week with this guy named John Turner. Really? And I mentioned to him about what I thought they sounded like, and, <laughs> and then I, I looked at his post, that. and then I looked at his post the next day, and I was like, "Oh, that yeah. sounds familiar. I wonder where you got that idea from." I said to him, "I go, he reminds me. They remind me of but Josh." But then, but then my friend also kind of said that too. Sounded like, yeah. Another, my friend Lewis, who I went to Lollapalooza with, his wife Stacy, who I've been friends with uh-huh. since high school days, but. uh so they also sound kind of like misfits, kind of like. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's like, but just. He sounds. You know, who Josh Holm is. Yes. Josh Holm, Queen's mm-hmm. side. He sounds like him. It's like. Really. He's got this. I mean, he's got his own sound, but he sounds like 
he's definitely influenced by him. Three homeschool kids from suburban Kansas City. And you know, they're like, awesome, dude. Like old school punk, dude. Like, it was like the Ramones. They like, are like, I think wow. right now, like age like 23 or 24 up to about like 28, 29. But they've been together since like 2012. Like they were like that big. Like you'd have to go back and look at like some of their first videos. Like yeah. they've, their dad still drives their van. I was telling JT, I hope they blow up. I hope they're huge because that's kind of like one of those bands we need right now. Like when Green Day came out, you know, or, you know, it's. We need that again. We need that music out there I think it's again. like a lot of people I play with at my open jams. It's like people are 24, 25. Like, you expect them to be like, okay, I'm listening to like Lil Nas X. So yeah. it's like, but like, no, they're like digging deep in like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like, I'm going to... No, but yeah, I've been telling people about the podcast. I'm trying to get some people lined up with you to kind of talk about like get some musical views yeah. from all over. Uh, actually, a couple of weeks, I don't even know when it's going to be, but uh, competing slash not competing video podcast. Yeah. Uh, the Dan and Lee show are going to have me on up here to kind of do like You're that. You're talking about Yeah, that. I'm going to yeah. plug what we do. Like, just... Awesome. Not, I just say I'm a frequent contributor guest on here. Just trying to spread the word. You're trying awesome to like, on here, dude. Trying to get... Uh, <laughs> like, obviously, we've had Dustin Folk on here. A couple yeah. other different people. Yeah. Kind of... We talked about anxiety and how it ties into music. You know, he's, you know, he's dealing with like some of the stuff we were just talking about. And stuff, yeah. but, but I was able to talk to somebody how that plays into his music. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, so I love the, I love the episode for that. But that's what I like to do with artists. I like to know what's going on in their heads, you know, and I like to know what's going on with music. Like uh, me, like my nerves just come from who I'm playing with. I'm getting up with like, yeah. especially last night, I got to play with like some of the best blues musicians in the Quad Cities. It's like blues isn't even my style. I'm I'll take the solo. I'm like okay, and like I'm like get me out. Like go, you're back. Yes. Like I'm just holding down the rhythm of a little blue song. Like just, that's cool, man. It's like a little education though, too. Yeah, they're all they, they're all older about my age. They're like playing with these younger guys like Levi Kraft, who I'll have yeah. to. Yeah, that's who that I want to definitely yeah, sit down. Thursday, but like I can always put you out contact yeah. information. He's yeah. he's like wise behind his ears. Like live music, that's what I miss, man. I, mm-hmm. I miss it, and I'm glad you guys are out there doing that. that well, we still can. I mean, yeah, hopefully, exactly. hopefully things hold on to at least because people don't even realize like you're missing out on the big concerts, and you can't even go out with your friends and make music locally on a, on a small scale. Like where you guys can come watch me play for 15, 20 minutes, and then anything else you wanted to go over with. <laughs> Uh, Home Alone was the other one. Oh, wow. Another John Williams. Yeah, another, another John Hughes production. Chris Columbus directed it, though. Yeah, John Hughes produced it. Just, like, some, I don't know, they're iconic in my Christmas opinion. music. Christmas yeah, music. Yeah, you know what especially I mean? Especially when we hear it, when we hear it my place when we hear, like, Jingle Bell Rock, Rock Around the Christmas yeah. Tree, it's like... Did you think of the, the scenes? Yeah. With Macaulay Culkin. Wow. Especially, I grew up with uh, Home Alone, too. Yeah. That was the one I watched... Well, um, I want to thank both of you guys for doing this again. Yes, thanks, I love sir. It. I, yeah. I, it's just great diving in you guys' heads. And like I just, things I didn't even think about. want to make one little note. Like, Johnny sometimes forgets it. Love the guy. But uh, you get this off iTunes, anything like that. Kind of like rate, review when you do a download. Like, yeah. whoever allows you to do it on uh, whatever streaming platform. Yeah, kind of like ratings and reviews will help yeah. push this kind of up. Like, Let me know where you're listening at, too. I noticed that I saw um, Germany and Russia and Canada... Yeah, for Feel sure. Feel free to get a hold of me, you know, and like I, I love hearing from people. I heard from somebody yesterday. Yeah, like turn us on, turn us on to new music to help me with the podcast. But still, it was great hearing from. Yeah, people. just turn us on to new music. What you're listening to, wherever you are, you know, like we want to kind of know, kind of exactly. get things to talk about. I had somebody in Italy listen, a friend of mine, so she liked it. And thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, that's uh, JT Money it's talking. That's uh, Mr. Reese Argo, and uh, I'm Johnny. And uh, it was great uh, talking with you guys. Talk with you soon. Thank you. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host. 
and you are listening to Music Scenes, the music that made us. <laughs> 